Welcome to the Photography Opinion Podcast. We discuss all things photo, video, and camera related. I'm Ben Lucas. And I'm Stuart Marlantis. And this is PhotoLog. Hello, podcast listeners. Last time here on the Photography Opinion Podcast, uh, we talked about... What did we talk about, Stuart? We talked about the worst things that we have bought as photographers. Yep. That's the one. That's the one. So because we talked about all of our terrible purchasing decisions, (laughs) we thought it would be fun to follow that up with uh, this week, Is This Gear Professional? And basically this episode, we are going to dive into uh, what makes a piece of gear professional or not professional. Um, the easiest example of this is when you look at buying a camera body, there are professional camera bodies, and then there are prosumer camera bodies, Whoa. and then they're like a grade lower than that prosumer of like, what is the difference? Why do you care? Do you have to buy professional gear to be a professional? Uh, should you buy professional gear? When does it matter? When does it not? What makes something professional or not? Anyway, there's... There's your uh, Spark Notes version of this episode. See you next time. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, I guess uh, camera bodies are as good a place to start as any. Um, what, what, what makes a camera body professional? Both. I have no idea. Literally, or what? What? What to you makes a camera body professional? Let's ask that question. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna Google it real quick. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so here's one definition that I found. A consumer camera is a camera that limits all of the adjustments that you are allowed to make. So uh, few, if any, of the features can be manually set. Instead, the user is presented with presets like sunset or sports or landscape. So pretty much everything is automatic and you have very little control over your final image. I think that's a pretty decent Mm -hmm. starting point. Yeah, either more or less control, I think, is a good uh, a good spectrum. Yeah, for for a professional camera, um, it really depends on your use because you know mirrorless cameras are professional now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I was a groomsman in a wedding last year where the main photographer was shooting with a Sony mirrorless camera. And it looked like a point and shoot because the lens he used was so tiny (laughs) and he didn't hold it up to his eye. He just held it in front of his face and it looked so Uncle Bob that it was it was making me cringe a little bit of like, is he actually getting good photos? And then uh, I saw the photos after the wedding. I'm like, oh, yeah, these are fabulous. Yeah, he's a good photographer. It just... Well, and on the really high end, like although it is mirrorless, like it's it's hard to argue that something like a Sony Alpha One is not like truly professional <laughs> gear, <laughs> at the very least due to the price tag. <laughs> like, Absolutely, sure, it looks like one of their lower end models, but um, definitely professional level, at least nowadays. Especially with you know now Canon and Nikon, and kind of everybody's getting into the mirrorless game, so that market's changing a little bit, but. The, um, the, the, that, what you bring up the question of sort of style or like body form factor is interesting because, you know, cameras used to be, you'd have, you'd have like the, the full body would be, would include like the, a huge chunk on the bottom that a lot of cameras 
have foregone nowadays that you can use to True. shoot vertically. And now you buy that as a separate add-on if you need something like that. Usually as a battery, like it's a battery grip add-on that allows you to do that. But um, I remember um, with uh, cameras my dad shot, uh, you know, 20 years ago now uh, the the true professional cameras of that time had these gigantic bodies where there was no like battery grip accessory that was all part of the actual body medium uh, format back then it was medium format no if you're these shooting were 35 if you're mil. shooting 35 millimeters you're not a professional <laughs> <laughs> these were 35 mil at that point but yeah yeah um but you know we're getting we're getting increasingly small cameras with increasingly good um performance and so it's the the line is blurring significantly like would you say that a, a gh5 is not a professional piece of gear even though it's a small sensor and a relatively absolutely it's been a professional piece of gear ever since it landed on the market mm-hmm. it has mm-hmm. been a go-to standard if you're not better than gh5 why is your camera more expensive and what are you doing like <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah but we use the g85 we both have one now because I do. I stole your idea and bought one as well. I should is really that, set that back up as my webcam. Is that yeah. a professional camera or not? Like it starts to get into this weird zone of like what it, is what it is does the limit? start to get into that weird. Right. Z- well, I mean, when you get into that, we also talked uh, a few episodes ago, I believe, about like how many cameras you have and why do you have that many? Of like, it serves a purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, So whether it comes to camera bodies or any other piece of gear, here is my minimum definition of personally what I think makes something professional. Mm -hmm. Can you, and here's the key, reliably get the job done? That's, that is it. So, um... Uh, like the, this can- definition that I found online of can you manually set stuff? If you handed me a point and shoot camera where all it had was these automatic modes, I would absolutely say, no, this is not professional. And that is okay. So if it doesn't do something that you want it to do and it doesn't allow you to change that, well, then you can't reliably get the job done. Mm-hmm. Um, I did a video on C stands and. And what's the difference between a crappy C-stand and a professional C-stand? Well, a professional C-stand will do the thing it is supposed to do and hold the piece of gear you put on it versus a crappy one, like if it folds or bends or wobbles too much, your light doesn't stay still, you have to put 800 pounds of sandbags on it to hold the simplest thing, then no, what, what are you doing? This is not a professional piece of gear. So I think what it really comes down to is if a gear... Uh, is is can reliably do the thing you need it to which i would argue is also a big component of being a professional anything is like somebody's paying you to reliably do a thing in this case very true take photographs or shoot video or whatever and so if your gear you know farther down the chain it's not reliable then you're not reliable and therefore you're not a professional anymore either so that's that's very true so there was there was uh one photo that i took literally i my very first camera oh it's ben's first camera Uh, so like i go to costco and i buy my canon rebel definitely a professional camera right yeah 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 (laughs) Uh, and so I'm sitting on a park bench reading the box, uh, and I'm a UW student, so mm-hmm. I'm at the UW. And someone walks up to me, they go, hey, are you a photographer? I'm like, well, I just got this camera. 
<laughs> so yes sure <laughs> and they're like hey we have a photo shoot tomorrow and our we haven't been able to find a photographer do you want to come do the photo shoot and i did so literally day two with the camera i had my very first photo shoot and i took a photo that was accidentally phenomenal and that photo was in my portfolio for the next like five years or so and so it's not saying that you can't get a good photo. You can get lucky. But you can get lucky. <laughs> but what's happening is is as I got better, mm-hmm. I can more reliably take those phenomenal looking photos to the point where that was not a rare occurrence anymore. That was my status quo. A photo must be at least this good or I don't even show it to a client anymore. Um so, so there's definitely something to that. Uh, yes, can this take good photos? I'm sure it can. Mm-hmm. But if you watch Chase Jarvis try and shoot skateboarders with a Lego camera, can he do it? Yes, but it takes many, many tries. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, and the the other question I would have is, what if the gear is by nature unreliable? Does it become unprofessional? Like GoPros yes. would arguably be the professional action camera of choice but gopros are notoriously unreliable are they now not professional gear <laughs> okay so so how how are gopros unreliable well they they often like uh the big the big story right now is the new hero 10 overheats constantly and and will literally stop working or they'll often lock up i've had lo- them be really glitchy where they lock up and you can't use them or you have to pull the battery out to get it to reboot um they're arguably the professional action camera but um are you not a professional now if you use gopros because they're unreliable (laughs) uh yes that's what that means (laughs) yeah i guess so unfortunately unfortunately (laughs) yeah well so there's there's here's a funny concept for any of you out there that are not professional Mm. and you're like wow these guys just have these amazing tools that i don't have access to the secret is we don't so uh a few years back i had a short-term contract just like a six-month contract uh with a company that rhymes with shmamazon and when i saw their under the hood tools everything was homegrown home coded by their internal teams and it was a mess and i'm like oh this is what professionals use wow this is so janky (laughs) Okay. <laughs> of like by the time I became a professional and started seeing like what is industry standard, what is museum quality, mm-hmm. I'm like, "Oh wow, this is this is bad." <laughs> and, and and that's a good point cuz like the the jank, the janky <laughs> setups is a real thing. Like that just happens. Like you'll do everything you can yeah. for things to go smoothly and all the equipment to work, but boy, for there have been some shots that are like they look great at the end and you got the shot and that's what makes you professional. But the rigging to get that shot is some of the <laughs> worst, jankiest, like anybody from the outside would be like, these guys don't know what they're doing. Um, but hey, if it works, then you get the shot and whatever it takes to get the yeah, shot, right? Abs- that's that's what it takes. That's, that is all that matters. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so, so yeah, what, what makes a piece of gear professional? Um, so I, I know that uh, just for example, I use Pulsy Buff's uh, flash heads Mm. 
And those have been lambasted by many different people for not being good. And that's because the color accuracy can be off, and every once in a while it is. Uh, that's because um, their their recycle time is not as good as something as, like, a pro photo. Definitely not as good as, like, a bronze color. Mm-hmm. Um you know, uh, so there's there's the action, the the power output. Um, there are just so many different things about them. They they need separate power. They are not monolites, so they don't have the power in the head. Mm-hmm. And some people are like, oh, well, I need the Pro Photo or the Bron Color monolite because a battery pack. Well, like battery packs are a thing. Yeah. So there, but the other thing too is like, do I need that flash to go reliably at ten frames per second? I'm not shooting an ad of a skateboarder flashing over like a mm-hmm. like a jump where I need to do that. Mm-hmm. When when you're setting up a headshot for a corporate client, like does it get the job done? Yes, it does. Does it do it reliably? Yes, it does. Does it work well? Yes, it does. I would call that a piece of professional gear. Yeah, I I, I was gonna say um, the the other angle to this, other than being obviously being reliable, is does it do the thing? Does it do the job? Does it accomplish the yeah. task? Like, is it good enough? Which maybe is a lower bar in certain pieces of equipment than others. But, like, is it good enough? Is, you know, if it's good enough, great. If it can accomplish the task, great. Like, is it the fanciest, most expensive, most cool thing that costs, like, you know, a 100 times as much? Maybe not. But as long as it accomplishes that task, does it well, and does it reliably, then cool that's professional everyone gear. everyone pause this podcast right now go to youtube and just type in 1dx veep <laughs> that is a great scene <laughs> the, the camera clip that comes up is phenomenal uh basically the point of it is do you need a 1dx probably not and if you need a 1dx if you truly need a 1dx you know if, and, if and you're you if you're shooting herons swooping out or you're shooting a football game, then yeah, sure, get a one DX. Um, I I mean it's funny on that note. It's it's the same thing of like when we talked about different cameras for different purposes. Mm-hmm. Would I ever want to shoot a wedding with my five DS? No, that mm-hmm. camera is so slow. Like but, it, the the buffer is just awful. But for what it's good at. Like it is the camera. Like if you're yeah, shooting, it some is a super, phenomenal camera. Super high res studio. Stuff, great. Yeah. Yeah. If you need high res for landscape or studio, it's it's phenomenal. Mm-hmm. But uh, if you need high ISO or fast shutter speeds or a long buffer with a uh, motor drive, it's not good. Mm-hmm. Um, that, I mean, that doesn't necessarily make it a professional camera, but it's professional for a different use, essentially. Yeah. Yeah. And one of the things with professional gear is like, you're going to have to do your research. So I have been relatively, (laughs) I would say, famous among my friends and uh, work acquaintances for testing a lot of like alternative or lower priced gear. Um, Sometimes it has been great. And sometimes it has been not so great. Like I was an early, uh, like young duo and um, Godox, uh, not fanboy, but like advocate maybe (laughs) is what I would 
prefer to say. Well, so, so I mean, just just to butt in really quick, mm. I did a video on the Amazon Speedlight, mm. and I was testing it. Uh, granted, my Canon Speedlight was like 10 years old, and people were going to be like, hey, why don't you test it against a new one? If I could afford a new one, I would. Mm. Anyway, <laughs> so I was testing my good Canon Speedlight from an eon ago to the new $20 Amazon Speedlight, and you happened to show up with Yangnuo Speedlight, mm-hmm. and you're mm-hmm. like, why don't you throw this into your camera review too? So what was supposed to be an Amazon Speedlight review turned into by Yangnuo, <laughs> which was weird for me. Uh, and it's funny because nowadays people are like, oh, this is phenomenal. I should go buy one. Mm-hmm. And I have to go into the comment section and go, well, actually, a few years ago when this video came out, it was good. But now the one you actually want is this because it's just a few dollars mm-hmm. more and it has these three features this other one doesn't have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, there, there are classes of gear where the the line between the where you can get you can get something that's professional but also quite cheap now there's going to be a ton of bickering people that buy the the name brands are going to come in and say oh you'll never be professional because only this brand that costs eight times as much as the true professional brand you can basically ignore those people you need to do your research for stuff like that where you know stuff like speed lights where it could be a little bit harder to tell it could be a little bit dodgier you're going to need to do your research and make sure that people have put these things through their paces before mm-hmm. you put your money down even if it is cheaper don't waste money like definitely do your research first but something nowadays increasingly something can genuinely be a good professional piece of equipment and be cheap so that's true now nowadays with the globalization things are a little I would, bit i would weird. also say just like use common sense in yeah, your of course. gut of course. because uh a pocket wizard is what 130 dollars each mm-hmm. and when you can buy a pair of flash triggers for 40 bucks that's 20 dollars each mm-hmm. that sounds too good to it's be true it probably is uh i know this because that was my first camp flash trigger and the very first time it fell off a stand and hit the pavement like the soldering inside it broke and i like resoldered it but it was never the same and it would work <laughs> for weeks at a time and then i tried shooting a wedding with it and then it was dead all day Fun. and that was the oh great Wait, I need to buy new ones. No, I've a I've used and abused my name brand pocket wizards horribly, yeah. mm-hmm. and they still work like a champ. Of like that is the level of professional gear. Definitely worth paying for name brand with that kind of stuff for sure. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, use common sense. Um, you know, you see this kind of stuff all the time. I I I've seen it very commonly with like computing equipment where photographers want a new like drive to hold on their images and they say oh well you know i went on amazon and there's like this ssd that says it's 20 terabytes for like 40 dollars i'm like no 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 no, <laughs> that's a scam <laughs> like you need to what it is, is it's a micro sd card inside an adapter yeah and, and it's like and it's like one gig and it has a faked uh firmware to pretend like it's bigger than it is but it just starts writing over itself like definitely use common sense for stuff like that if it's if it really truly seems too good to be true then it, it definitely is, is in that case <laughs> um but you still can find some good deals out there so it just because something um, is inexpensive doesn't necessarily mean it's bad just use common sense all right so so we've kind of been talking very uh vague booking if mm-hmm. you will about what is professional and what is not so uh for this next part let's go through like some different like categories of stuff or maybe just listing stuff of what is something that you definitely always buy name brand and what is something that you do not care you will buy the cheapest thing because the cheap one is exactly the same Hmm. I'll I'll start. 
uh, iPhone or iPad cables. Like, I don't necessarily buy name brand, but, like, I'm going to buy Anchor. I'm not going to buy yeah. the dollar store ones. Yeah, I, I won't buy Apple's because they're trash. I'll buy the good third-party brand, which is Anchor. Or there's a couple of them, but Anchor is a, a good rule of thumb for that kind but, of stuff. For but, sure. yeah, don't yeah. don't buy the, the, no, the dollar store one. That charger mm. is not actually going to charge your phone. Yeah. A lot of that, that goes for me with a lot of electronics, like... I will buy something that is a better brand, like, um, you know, hard drives, power supplies, like a lot of the stuff that's key, like this has to work and this needs to not fail or I lose data or I lose hardware mm-hmm. because this explodes and ruins everything. Like you should not get the cheap, you know, random, no name, unbranded thing out there. That's not going to work out for you. Yeah. Um, so some of that stuff that's like mission critical to the function of either a piece of equipment you know a computer or um like storing photos storing video like that needs to be good so i'll buy i'll 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 throw one out that sounds weird okay because Mm -hmm. i know you have a lot of cheap third-party batteries Mm -hmm. but when it comes specifically to my canon uh was it le6 lp6 Mm -hmm. whatever that battery is i only buy canon brand i will not buy third party that's fair (laughs) yeah i've Uh, got I have more of a... I've kind of moved back into name brand a little bit more. Um, there are certain uh, things where I will be okay with, uh, like, like like NPF batteries. So, like, the big Sony NPF batteries. Yeah. I will pretty frequently buy third party on those because that's that market's been kind of figured out. And there are good third party batteries there. But, like, when I got my uh, Sony uh, A7 III the FZ100 batteries weren't, there weren't really good third-party options. It was too new. And so I bought multiple of the actual name brand Sony ones. I have tried a few third-party since then, and they're getting better, but I, f- I still feel like, it's not like NPF where they've really been figured out. Like, it's not quite there, and I really lean on the Sony first-party ones more yeah. than the name than the alternative ones that I've tested. So I, I agree I, with you there. Yeah, I have a few devices that run off that same battery, so that way it's, like, compatible with all your stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, And they come with a third-party battery, so I have it marked spare Mm -hmm. on the battery because uh, whenever I put that in, it doesn't last as long. Um, Like, I, whenever I'm shooting a wedding, my normal wedding, if I'm starting at, you know, putting on the shoes and getting ready in the veil, uh, and then I can pretty much guarantee that I won't have to change my battery until um, toasts. That's about when mm-hmm. when I'm getting down to the point where I need to switch out. Um, but whenever I use those, I'm changing probably like right before the first kiss and i hope that their ceremony takes a long enough time that like it just doesn't work Mm -hmm. um and when i do my cosplay photo booth uh i use the motor drive on the camera and it needs to and when i use the third party battery or when the first party battery gets to about 25 to 50 percent it goes click 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 and that's not the same as yeah Yeah, I'm I'm also a big advocate of like spend money where you spend your time. So like stuff like bags, like uh, you know, photo bags, equipment bags, like often spend a little bit more than buying some random no name ba- bag because they're better padded, they have better handles. Like if it's a backpack, they've got better you can scraps, use it every more day. comfortable. Yep. If you use it every day, yeah, exactly that sort of stuff. So um, you know, a lot of peripherals for like 
you know, editing like a, a nice mouse, like use that every day. Like you don't want to mess up your hands. Um, I, you know, I've run into some repetitive stress injuries with my hands and like, you don't want to, you don't want to screw with that stuff. Like get a good mouse, get a good keyboard, get good monitors. Like you're going to be staring at these for hours Thank and hours you. and hours of working off this stuff. So like get something that is good. Um, so wh where you're spending your time, you probably should spend a little bit of extra money in those kind of instances. All right. So let's see, we've, we've hit a couple of the, this is where we absolutely say, get the name brands. Mm -hmm obviously professional one uh what are some categories of gear or things where it does not matter like as long as it gets the job done just buy whatever like i know i have a ton of like watson and wasabi like gopro batteries mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah uh definitely third-party batteries for like less expensive cameras um gopro stuff whatever um my g85 i have third-party batteries for it. i'm like it works hdmi cables yeah they're H all the same hdmi cables lots of cables now especially if it's a if it's a digital signal um you might if it's want a signal cable and not a charging cable yeah. i feel like charging cables i'm a little pickier yeah charging cables um it's probably better to spend a little bit of extra and for something like an xlr cable like a cable that's not digital uh, an analog cable it probably is worth spending a little bit more for something that's nice and shielded and good. Um, but if it's a digital cable, like HDMI, like the signal either works or, or it doesn't. Yeah. yeah. So you don't need to spend some tons of money for some, you know, diamond encrusted gold plated thing. You don't need it. It's digital. Uh, let's see. Another category that I think you can get away with is flashes. Mm -hmm. uh, so lights in general, really I a feel pop like. of yeah. white light is a pop of white light mm -hmm. the only thing that change like you can get into the nuances of like tea time of like how quickly the flash actually like falls off if you're trying to like freeze action um you can get into the nuances of like recycle time or how many watts or lumens but i mean as long as it gets the thing done that you need i don't really care um, Yeah, these aren't these aren't yeah. expensive you know like what the name brand for for these lights right now would probably be Elgato for like computer desk mounted lights. These are GVM lights. These are cheap third party LED lights. Um, not super super cheap, but cheaper than the name brand. And they put like out half the price. Yeah. yeah, they put out light that's good enough. Like it works for me. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, this is probably more of a controversial one, but I don't own any first party sony lenses i don't own any sony branded lenses and, i don't own any first party canon zoom lenses and i have no desire <laughs> to do so <laughs> so i'm not saying okay before we get into this i'm not saying buy the cheapest crappiest lenses because that's not what i'm saying but you know tamron stuff like that is really yeah. good nowadays yeah uh, you know sigma is really good nowadays um heck i've even seen i've been tempted by some like even cheaper ones there's like something like something artisans is some random brand mm -hmm. like there have been heck even young Nuo made lenses for a little while that were like oh those might be kind of good uh for a nifty 50 like it might be worth trying i don't know so so my nifty 50 is canon branded mm -hmm. but i also bought it oh dear lord i'm about to date myself this is uh when when did i buy it 2008 2009 mm -hmm. i bought bought it 2009 so was that 12 years did i do that math yeah so so back then your options were a lot slimmer than mm. they were today mm -hmm. and basically what your options are is here is a lens that costs roughly the same but you can save like 20 dollars, and it weighs twice as much mm -hmm. and the quality is not as good 
or it's like full manual focus or something. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. no, I'll just spend the was it I think it was like two fifty or something mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and just get the lens. Um I also bought a twenty mil prime that's Canon branded, and that one is all the other things on the market. Uh it was the size and weight. Mm-hmm. Of like that one's even smaller than my fifty mil. It is. It is a very tiny lens, and all of the comparable ones weighed like a full pound, yeah, and yeah. like were the size of your fist. So it's like okay, that's worth buying. But when it came, when I had to buy a seventy two hundred, um, I bought Sigma, and yeah, the Sigma one weighs more. Of like I wasn't rich, but I wasn't rich enough to spend double to get mm-hmm. one that weighed like two hundred grams less. And the the extra fun thing about like Sigma and Tamron being so good nowadays is often optically the Sigmas and the Tamrons actually outperform the first party lenses. Like now so maybe, they do. So maybe so they'll take half the price and better optical performance. Maybe it weighs a little bit more, but if you're ultimately if you don't mind a little bit of extra yeah. weight and not even like. The Tamron uh, twenty-eight to seventy-five is lighter than Sig- a twenty-eight Sigma to seventy. Sigma is notoriously just more heavy than other mm-hmm. other lenses. Yeah. Uh, but I've talked about this in a YouTube video before. Mm-hmm. Canon and Sigma spin the same direction, and mm-hmm. Nikon and Tamron spin the same direction. Yep. And just my muscle memory of like trying to switch brands just kind of messes me up and slows me down while I'm shooting. So I will take the extra weight of a Sigma over a Tamron because it spins the way my brain is used to. Yeah. 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 But yeah, I mean, at at worst you have a little bit of extra weight, but you might actually have superior optical quality. And since the whole point is optical quality, pretty much. And you can spend, and you can spend that thousand dollars on like a plane ticket to Europe. Exactly. Yeah. Or you could buy another, (laughs) like you could buy two lenses for that. Uh, Or, I mean, some people you don't even care about. Or the you could quality. donate it to us. There you go. Our Patreon, <laughs> patreoncom slash creative. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. See, see, plug plugs. <laughs> That's a plug right there. And some people don't even care about that. Some people are like, I, you know, the Helios lens is really popular for a while. Like, I want to buy this old, like, '60s, '70s vintage Russian lens that is intentionally bad because I like the look of it. Like, you know, fine, whatever, whatever floats your boat, whatever you're working working on, and you want the you want that certain look that's fine too so um yeah no first party sony lenses uh in this house and i am totally fine with that and i'll continue to buy tamron and maybe someday i could be convinced to buy a uh uh a lawa lens or two or three or Ooh. eight <laughs> everything lawa. They, lawa hit us up for a sponsor everything they make is Come amazing on. not sponsored <laughs> hashtag not sponsored i wish i wish Anyway. Yeah, this this has been fun and interesting banter. Do you have any kind of closing thoughts, things that people should rule of thumb, maybe always buy or never buy? Always buy or never buy. I hesitate to say always buy or never buy because stuff changes all the time. I got Mm. one. Every time my mom needs to buy a a HDMI cable, she goes to Best Buy, and it pisses me off because she spends like $60 on like a 10-foot cable. (laughs) Always buy cheap HDMI cables. Always buy cheap HDMI cables. <laughs> okay, granted. And and I guess always buy Anchor if you don't want to think about it. There are other brands, but like if you want if you want uh cables for your mobile devices, just buy Anchor and, and stop thinking. 
Hashtag not sponsored, but that is spelled A N K E R. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, they do make really great cables. Um, and the other thing too is I actually buy my cables in different colors. So all of my USB C cables nice. are blue, and all of my uh, iPad cables are red, and my micro cables are gray or black, just so I can at a glance like, oh, that's the one I need. Good stuff. But yeah, I mean, a, l- a larger picture. You know the 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 gear doesn't make the professional, um, although the professional is supported by the gear. So make sure yeah. it'll, make sure it'll do the job you need to do and do that job consistently. Uh, and I think that's all that really matters at the end of the day. I'm I'm not sure if we stayed exactly on track or if this went way off the rails. But anyway, <laughs> this was a fun conversation. Yep. Uh, thank you all for listening. Uh, again, if you do want to support us, just. A dollar helps. Help us keep the microphones on and the servers up. Uh, Patreon, uh, it is nom-creative. Um, or you can, you know, go support us on, subscribe on YouTube. Any of that shindig, like, share, tell your friends. All that good stuff. And we will see you next time. If you have questions or ideas for future episodes, you can email us at hello at photo op Dot show. Watch us on Ben's YouTube channel at Nom Creative. As in Om Nom Nom. Share this with a friend and you can listen to Photo Op anywhere podcasts are sold. Or downloaded. Because it's free.